Hi and welcome to the IT Insider Podcast, the podcast to help the IT professionals and enthusiasts better understand the fast-paced world of technology. We hope you'll enjoy this IT Insider production. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the IT Insider Podcast. My name's Richard Holmes. I'm the Data Center Division Solutions Team Leader here at Arrow and I'm your host. Um, on this episode, we are going to look at all things relating to what we'll put in the bucket and call, for the moment, information management. And we're going to look at... Some of the some of the problems, some of the issues that businesses can face with regards to data in their organisation, some of the challenges that they might face with um, pending changes to regulations around GDPR. But I don't profess to be an expert in this area. But quite luckily, I just so happen to have two gentlemen that are with me. Um, so to kick things off, I'd like to introduce. Guy Bradshaw and Steve Parry from um, some good friends of ours, uh, Entity Group. And gentlemen, I think the listeners have probably heard enough of my voice. Steve, can I ask you to introduce yourself and Guy in turn and uh, tell us a bit about yourself, a bit about your background and uh, and then if we can move on to a little bit about Entity Group and, and how you guys fit into this picture, that'd be brilliant. Okay, yeah, thanks. I'm Steve, Steve Parry, and I'm with Entity Group, as uh, we've just heard. I've been with Entity for a couple of years now, and um, before that, have worked with some of the larger firms uh, providing services around information management. So a very familiar uh, market for myself. Um, we'll talk about Entity um, in a little bit more detail as we go, go through this podcast, but uh, um, we find ourselves um, providing information management consulting and a number of other services, again, which we can talk about in a few moments. Um, but uh, Guy, maybe you just want to say a few words about yourself as well. Sure. Thank you, Steve. Um, so my name is Guy Bradshaw. I'm uh, an information management with Entity Group. Uh, I've been with Entity three years, although they were um, a customer of mine for many years before that. So um, it was a case if you can't beat them, then then join them. Um, <laughs> I've developed a specialism in information management around um, data governance because of that GDPR obviously has come across um, my sightline a number of times over the recent years. Brilliant. So for the uninitiated like myself, could you give us a bit of a definition from your perspective, what what entity mean by information management? So projects that, that you'd class as being information management or data governance type projects. And, and I suppose, you know, as... As experts in in digital transformation, can you tell us a little bit about that as well? Yeah, let me <clears throat> get started on that, and then the guy can uh, can jump in. Um, but information management for Entity Group is something. Well, firstly, the company has been around for around thirty years, uh, developing um, bespoke software for some of the world's largest corporations. But in the last seven or eight years, have focused completely on information management, and that for us has been um, how businesses can get the very best and the very most from data. Um, and specifically, that has been um, looking after master data management, where organizations are trying to get a single view of, for example, customers or products. Um, so where a complex application portfolio may give rise to some ambiguity around data, trying to get, get rid of that ambiguity. Um, managing data quality, managing uh, data governance, the ownership of data, the processes around all of that. 
In the last couple of years, um, our definition of information management has tightened up a little bit. Um, it's got broader, but a bit tighter, in that uh, um, organizations, very few um, of the largest companies, need explaining that data can be an asset and should be treated as an asset. Mm. It's more about how do you actually do that. And um, we find ourselves looking at companies who are trying to meet the obligations they have around data. Um, and we'll probably talk a little bit more about compliance and GDPR and some of the other um, some of the other uh, rigorous um, um, regulations in this industry. And the second part of the balancing equation is how to do the digital transformation that you talk about, how to compete based on data. So for us, information management is that process. It's very much about technology and the opportunities that that gives you, but it's equally about process and uh, and the, the, the people in, in those biggest firms. So I don't know if you'd like to add anything, Guy, maybe on the DG side or anything around IM. Yeah, certainly. Thank you, Steve. Um, I think the awareness of information management you've described um, has increased in recent number of years across organizations. Um, a, a recognition of how data does need to be treated as an asset. Uh, the entity viewpoint, of course, is encapsulated in, um, in, in our model, which is uh, known as crossing the data delta or the data delta. And in this model, really, all, all things return to governance. Data governance sits at, um, at the top of the information management model um, and oversees all the other initiatives within that information management landscape, e.g. data quality and um, data security, and, and reaches out across the whole ecosystem of data and influences individual activity uh, within applications and, and coordinates it across the, the group. So can I ask a question as far as, I mean, if I go back many, many years, I, 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 was, a, I was a product manager for a, um, a database vendor. And uh, it was a lot of years ago, and it was very interesting. But we always talked about, you know, when we talked about things like information management, we always focused very much on sort of, you know, the, the, the database, you know, whether it be an RDBMS or, or whatever it was. And, you know, that governance and that control was always talking about the data in context of right. The, the data in that store in that database and from from what it sounds like obviously you know you, you're saying that you know, things have progressed you know businesses uh you know whatever industry they're in whatever size of sc scope they've got they've realized that data is actually a, a tangible asset for them and that, that that data unfortunately today doesn't resist uh, doesn't exist all nicely packaged up and labeled and we know exactly what it is and where it is in you know in, in one central space and one specific database for for, for that business the the enterprise it landscape in a in a client can be you know can be you know vast and sprawling and it can be on prem and it can be on cloud services and yeah I, i'd be really interested to understand where you know where entity find themselves engaging with um, with clients and customers in in what particular areas of a business is it is it a line of business is it a specific line of business like sales or of finance, or or is it up at the C-suite, or or is it still traditionally in an in that IT department relationship? Mm. So, <clears throat> some good observations. Um, just a short bit of history, I think, to explain where, where we are. Yeah. Now, uh, I think if you were to go back um, to 10, 15 years, um, some of, some of the database discussions that sounds like you were having around that time. So, lots of applications out there which perhaps can author a customer record. Um, so multiple um, organizations out there interested in customer relationship management, perhaps. 
um, a realization then that even with that, even with that attention and focus on customer, um, there are still there's still room for ambiguity. So mm. master data management probably around that time um, came um, came into came into being. Um, initially, customer data integration for CRM systems and other systems, um, but then master data management. So. Uh, Probably around the same time, um, strong interest in uh, data warehousing and business intelligence probably for the first time. So yeah. taking data from transactional systems, sticking it somewhere else, trying to make sense of um, the customers um, that were central to some of that reporting and analysis. What we're finding now is that all of that is still valid. Mm -hmm. but there are many organizations that have still got work to do around that sort of traditional way of looking at reporting and analytics. But things have, at the same time, moved on. Um, they've moved on in the sense that uh, more analytic capability is certainly available. Um, but the data, the biggest change, I think, is data of different types yes. inside the firewall, outside the firewall, on-prem, in the cloud. Um, and big data definitions would normally include velocity, variety, veracity. Oh, the four Vs. Yeah. As many Vs as you like. Um, <laughs> but, but basically, data of different types. Um, from different places. Mm. What, what we're finding that we need to do is to, um, is to work with organizations who have structured data um, and the requirement to govern that structured data, but at the same time, unstructured data, maybe of high volume in, in a data lake or multiple data lakes. Yeah. And how can you govern that? Um, how can you make sure that the customers that you've taken, maybe in some cases a couple of years, to identify properly um, in, on the structured side of the fence, you you still use that, I suppose, um, um, enterprise intellect around data to inform what you're doing on the data lake. So a lot of, uh, again, balance is key for us. So we're looking to advise companies on managing that more traditional side of things, mm -hmm. as well as don't throw it all away when technology presents itself with a, a NoSQL alternative around the data lake. So... Um, that's um, that's quite a lot of uh, quite a lot of what we're doing at the moment. Oh, that's interesting. I mean, you mentioned just just to bring you back to to your reference to to that that data delta and crossing the data delta. Yeah, um, it's it's not often we encounter friend, friends of the show that uh, are published and available on Amazon. But uh, but you, but you guys are. Would would you like to to tell us a little bit more about um, about the book that you referenced about crossing the, the data delta and some of some of the topics that the, that you've covered in that. Certainly, yes. Um, so Crossing the Data Delta was um, launched in November of, of last year at an event in London, um, headlined by Dr. Hannah Fry from BBC Two and Radio 4 fame. Um, so it, there was um, a significant number of attendees. And the book really is a summation of many years of thinking. Um, the methodology and the approach to treating information as an asset has been around identity for many years. And we've got different ways of trying to articulate and get the message across um, to our, our customers and, and prospects. Um, but really, the concept of the book was driven out, out of a desire to, to have it in one single place in a way that was um, going to enable engagement with customers and to, to generate interest. But for all of the interest, it had to be demonstrably practical. It is um, a, you know, a really practical book with um, tangible material guidance um, mm. on where to start and what success looks like across different domains of information management, which include, as we said before, governance and, and quality and security. So we're able to take a temperature um, a 
of where an organisation is, to be able to establish what um, a realistic target is for them to strive for, and then establish a roadmap. So, so the book helps get those concepts over to customers. It helps generate um, the, the understanding that entity have been through this cycle a number of times and are able to help them on their journey. Brilliant. And, and I think, yeah, from my perspective, when I see how, how you kind of contextualise that from yeah, helping, a, helping a client understand the data you have and going down that, I hate to use the word journey, but going down that journey and telling, telling a story, we'll get all the cliches out of the way, to, to that point where you actually end up with the information you need. I suppose at the end of the day, you end up engaging with all sorts of different stakeholders within your clients' businesses because everybody has different, I suppose, views, not just on the data they can see, but, but also on the value that they want to extract from the data that they may or may not have. Is that, is that a fair summary? Yeah, very much so. And that, that word value, um, again, <clears throat> can be thrown around a little bit casually, but we mm. try and be quite precise on what it means. So the roadmap that we talk about, the journey that we smile at when we mention it but uh, <laughs> but it but it is a uh, an organization needs to get from where they are to where they need to be um and that's quite easy to do because uh, a picture safely in the future of some future state is easy to agree on what's harder to agree on is what's your best next action um, both organizationally and around a data architecture what do i do next how big is the scope for the project i need to cross my own personal data delta so what we try and do is work with those stakeholders on things we call value points. So a value point would be a point in time on that roadmap where value, and you're going to have to be specific about what that value is, mm. um, and for a stakeholder or a group of stakeholders. If you then populate your map with that, it helps define the relationships you have with stakeholders. It helps define the size and the scope of what you're attempting to do. If you then look about the decisions you need to make in order to release that value, to realize that value, then we have a number of decision points too. And we find that some organizations are making decisions they don't need to make yet, and others are deferring decisions they should have made. And uh, it's nice to set out decision points to map onto those value points. And in doing so, your the Gartner Conference in, in London two, three weeks back, um, those of you listening who were in the keynote, um, in the keynote, they were talking about metadata around decisions, um, and we're we're very strong on that. How to how to collect and be cognizant of the information that you used when you made a decision, so you can return to it later. Um, and I think that's really important in uh, you know, back to the roadmap in in deciding. Okay, what's the implication of making this call now on the scope of a project, on the technology of a project? maybe on a business organization or a key hire, uh, mm. maybe a CDO style hire, something like that. So value points and decision points, that's I think the specific way of uh, addressing mm -hmm. the, point, the points you were making. Right, so I, addressing some of those and I suppose defining some of the value, we mentioned at the top of the podcast, um, the dreaded R word, regulation and rules. And yeah, it's certainly we're finding it's been a, a constant topic in the last 12, 18 months, those four letters that spell out GDPR. I, I should imagine that, bearing in mind your, your specialism, bearing in mind the fact that you work with quite a number of international clients, and you are yourselves an international business, 
GDPI's gradually, if not already, creeping up the priority level for a lot of customers and clients. Is is there anything that you'd like to share or or give us you know, your view on on that pending dread, for some dreaded day in May next year? So I think um, our our take on GDPR is that. Um, for those organizations who have been demonstrating um, a good degree of control and management of their information assets to date, mm-hmm. then they're the organizations who are in a position to be able to demonstrate compliance, yeah. um, to demonstrate that they've got good control and good process and good technology. Um, so they're able to demonstrate where consent has been sought and how it's being handled, how data is being processed within and without the organization. So all these elements of data management um, if organizations are doing that, that means they are managing their business well. Mm. So that's the, the counter side to um, the stick that can be the, the compliance element of GDPR. Mm. Um, we're seeing that lots of um, data stakeholders, I mean, CDOs, um, as we mentioned, are um, sort of key influencers here. They're, they're seeing it as a real mandate to take action. Um, so they find, I think, they're being listened to now that data management initiatives um, are, are getting more high-profile more support than they were because of GDPR. So wherever we see that compliance um, stick being waived, we try and encourage organizations to look at the opposite side of the coin, which it's an opportunity. Yeah. And if they're not managing their, their data effectively, then how are they managing their business? Mm. And I think that's, it's almost like the, the not putting the cat before the, the horse. You can't, you can't take a decision on whether or not you're compliant, whether it be GDPR or any specific industry regulation, unless you know and have visibility and control over what you've already got. You mentioned previously that um, when we were looking back at sort of where where, where things have come from, um, the whole notion of certainly my, my ham-fisted attempt at Talking about my background, the, the whole idea of systems of record. Um, when you look at, obviously, we hear now you know, reference to the impact of systems of engagement. So, do you find that, and again, whether it be you know, a, a big multinational or, or, or a local business, do you find that 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 shift in the types of data within enterprise, outside the enterprise, and how they're using it, that's having a, a drive to the sorts of engagements and projects that you're involved in. People are looking at, yeah, you say, again, we stay clear of value from data, but the actual use that your clients are putting their data to are not in just that traditional space of, you know, systems of record, CRM. Um, I'd be interested to know if, yeah, if you see any trends happening there as far as that impact on on systems of engagement sure i i quite like the phrase systems of engagement but um but i but i prefer to focus on the engagement itself so if you were to yes. think uh, just back to some of guys comments about gdpr for example if you think of uh, of the compliance requirements for a data subject in gdpr it's really about the engagement that you have the relationship you have with those data subjects be they mm-hmm. employees or customers or or others involved around an organization another um i suppose individual or group of individuals might be the regulator so the relationship you have with the regulator informed by data if you think about um, a multi-channel omni-channel or even a channel less world for a retailer or a bank or a telco then you're talking to individuals who you may know well through a, through a, a, a contract relationship 
or that you don't know at all, maybe through an aggregator or an internet-based traffic relationship. All of those things are engagements, they're touch points, they're in a business school parlance, they're probably moments of truth that you would, uh, that you would have for your organization with individuals. Mm. So coming back to the compliance part, make sure you do that in a trusted way, make sure you have a trusted contract as the basis of your engagements that we're talking about here. The systems that support those engagements, fair enough, they're, they're systems of engagement. But mm. as before, it's people and process around those systems that, that make those engagements work. And when you're looking for new engagement models, um, um, we, can, we can talk about mobile, we can talk about uh, um, um, different con connection points with uh, individuals. There'll be others that we as yet have not imagined, but, um, but uh, they'll be part of the same thinking, the same consistent treatment of individuals across different uh, media um, with, with different engagement models. So that word engagement, I think, is key. It's key to digital transformation and rethinking corporations as well as compliance um, in a traditional sense. So that's my thinking. Yeah, I think changing that relationship with the customer and the way that their data is used is also key. We've seen this switch. I mean, one of the stats we've seen um, in the in the regulated industries from where organizations were able to default people to opt in to um, consent to, yes. to that being turned around to the default is opt out. We saw the rates of opt in change from 90% when it was default in to now 10%. So there's an enormous gap between um, where organizations want their relationship to be with their customers and where it actually is at the moment. So, so improving that, that relationship with um, your, your customers and, and businesses is, is a key part of where organizations need to head over the next few years. And you can see why um, GDPR plays a, a key part in the, the changing of, of that relationship. And it, so it needs to be on the demonstration of innovation um, and, and safeguarding and, and trusted use of individuals' data. I think that's very important. You mentioned, you mentioned the word trust. And yeah, a number of individuals that I've spoken to that are you know certainly far more have far more knowledge and expertise than I do around things like data compliance and um, and, and trust models yeah it, it, it's a case of you know how you flip that relationship and it's it's a case of empowering the individual the data subject and giving them the choice as to not just opt in opt out but what level of opt-in and opt-out that they that they want to give. And I think, uh, right in what you said about, actually GDPR is bringing that to the fore. And is it fair to say that, just referencing back to what you were saying earlier about you know, the what that engagement looks like, not just now but in the future, the smarter, uh, the smarter clients, the, the successful businesses, they're actually using that as a template for you know, what they deploy now as far as, Right, being open to easily adapt and add on, you know, things that we've not even considered at the moment, whether it be, you know, new routes of, of accessing uh, your customer base or, or physically where they are and, and that sort of thing. We found, um, <clears throat> I think Guy and I were probably in the same meeting with a, a large financial services company a few months back, and um, somebody said, uh, it was around the trust word, in fact, and we were discussing for some minutes around that, and somebody said, well, isn't it all too difficult? Why, why do we bother trying to do business in this increasingly regulated world until somebody else said, well, it's, it's harder for others because we are already thinking in that way. So this was an organization that already think 
um, while it's going to be tough to comply, while it's, while it's going to be tough to think about new engagement models in the future, it's going to be harder for the others. So it's just that the rules of the game, if you like, were changing. And they were saying, next season <laughs> we're, we're, it's going to be hard, but we'll be stronger than the others, relatively speaking. So I think it's a nice way to look at it. For anybody keeping score, I'm going to try and use all the, uh, all the cliched words from, from buzzword bingo now. And I'm, I'm going to move on to, to kind of my last, my last question, really, in, in, in this, this podcast, which is, yeah, everything that you've spoken about, I, I, we've not, well, we touched upon sort of one topic, and, and that word for anybody wanting to complete the set is going to be cloud. And I suppose applications as a service, yeah, infrastructure, platform, software, name it what you want. I, it's something that obviously, from from an entity perspective, you guys yeah, are, must be encountering daily, and can't be really something that that you would not that you would choose to, but it can't be something that you can avoid. So, what what's been the impact of you know, clients and customers moving to you know more complicated systems that involve a mix of on prem and off prem and the use of you know, services that could be, you know, outside of the firewall? Mm. Well, I'll venture <laughs> my, my view on this. I think it's moved <laughs> very, very quickly um, in, I don't know what time frame, let's say the last year or so. So um, quite recently, people were still saying, is it okay to have my data in the cloud? Is it okay to have my data outside the firewall? Of course, many of those organizations had already signed up for services, um, giving them cloud capacity or giving them actual services um, of, of course um, people like Salesforce and ServiceNow and, and yeah. other organizations like that what we're finding in entity is that um, there's a sort of a difference between the business pool that you might find in organizations who are able to articulate what they're looking for quite well yeah but they may not have the capacity or the ability to Im- implement particularly strongly and organizations that are the other way around so very strong technically and a kind of pushing, a technical push um, way of managing data. Certainly for the companies which are pulling from the business side, we're finding people looking for services. They're not just looking for, can I buy some um, cloud capacity from yeah. Amazon or one of the others? Can I, can I buy data management services such that I can run my business more effectively without worrying about the detail, without worrying about the organization that supports that? And we've worked with large organizations and some medium-sized organizations who have no interest in hiring staff around that, who have no interest in buying software or technology around that, where they're looking for the output, they're looking for the... And they're looking, back to that word from earlier, they're looking for value from probably subscription-based revenue, so data management as a service. And that's been a big push for Entity in the last nine months to a year and um and we're we're continuing that acceleration into into that side of the in that side of service provision very important for us and yet against that background of course the old rules still apply um you know cloud or on-prem you still need to have your data governed and accurately described and i know the other facets of information management in place so so it's a constantly changing world but there are mm. some um, there are some consistent themes, and those are around the requirement to manage one's data assets well. And I think, yeah, just final point from me. I, I take it from from looking at the sorts of businesses that that you guys work with. You know, it doesn't matter if you're public sector or private sector. Everybody's facing exactly the same sort of challenges, and not just from a regulation perspective, but 
you know, from from an actual moving from understanding the data they've got towards being able to get to grips with and, and answer questions around the information that they need. Is that is that a fair is that a fair summary? Do you do you find it across mm, both think, sides? I think it is a it, it, certainly across public sector and private sector and every industry sector. People are competing based on information. And um, quite like a, a phrase that some some use to describe organizations and the data that they hold about what they do as a digital twin of what they do. Um, so uh, um, folks who are interested not in exactly what the company do, but the data yeah. they hold about what they do. And that is the basis of competition. That's the basis of uh, management and um, survival, I suppose, um, if, you're, if you're managing data as an asset from now, from now on. Brilliant. I mean, Steve Guy, it's been absolutely fascinating having you on, um, having you on the podcast. And I think, you know, we, we could probably carry on for at least another hour talking about sort of, you know, the, the trends and, you know, the, the challenges that we see businesses facing. But unfortunately, we, we have to draw things to a close. Um, as we do, I mean, is, is, are there any final thoughts for this episode that, you know, you, you'd like people to consider and our listeners to consider? Um, I will give I will give the book a, a final shameless plug and say, yeah, please do you know, reach out to Entity, reach out to ourselves. Certainly, there's an extract from it on uh, one of the IT Insider um, white papers. Uh, if you uh, if you Google search finance heroes, IT Insider and Entity, I'm sure you'll come across it. But but gentlemen, final words for yourselves. Um, one of the, the ways we engage with organisations at the moment is um, through things we call we've christened a scribble session, which is essentially two hours of of um, some entity consultants turning up and and just um, having a look at your, the current situation you find yourself in regarding information management. We'll kick some ideas around and, and and take it from there, really. So so both parties can spend some time understanding each other and how best to progress. Fantastic. Thank you very much. Um, thank you gentlemen for contributing thank you to our listeners for uh tuning in for another episode and uh, we'll see you again soon thanks a lot thank you thank you very much for listening please subscribe and visit us at the it